poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. Today is Tuesday, which means I'm joined by my co-host, John, for Tactical Tuesday. How are you doing? How's it going, Brad? Doing pretty good. I'm doing oh, very sorry. well. Yeah, I'm doing very... Don't don't bother. You can just ask a question and not... No, I didn't, I didn't mean to. to tell, tell us how you're doing. <laughs> I'm doing well. That's it. <laughs> um, coming off a high of going to see Cirque du Soleil last night. Always, uh, we, we've talked about mental, physical, and spiritual block. Mm. We were talking about the elites, and Cirque is firmly in the spiritual space. What's uh, uh, which Cirque did you go to? Uh, Curios in in Atlanta. They're going to be here for the next three or four months. They build a giant tent and have like nightly performances every day for do they have like a theme or like a you know yeah it's cabinet of curiosities so circus 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 themed obviously but then like you know kind of the the freak show type type Mm. thing which yeah if the listener is familiar with Cirque, you'll know that they can do some really (laughs) really uh wild and crazy things uh given especially that theme Think you'll go again in the next three or four months? I already have tickets to go again. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go again. I know I'm going to go again. No Assuming... wonder Guy can lose $25 million online. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, there's nothing like it. It's, it, it. To me, it's it's the best entertainment. Like, it's just, I, I mean, it, it just, yeah, it, it's food for my spirit. It's food for my soul. It's just a creative endeavor that I think is just there there there's nothing like it as people that are just at the top of their game and very like niche yeah. things but are just incredible to see yeah yeah i love the circ shows too i think there are only like a couple that i haven't seen in vegas yet and yeah i've seen a bunch of them like twice so i'm yeah i'm also in the gi donation Oh, I'll I'll be a geek donator for life. Um, whatever I can do to support Cirque du Soleil. By the way, this podcast is not brought to you by Cirque du Soleil. Either, but, uh, just a happy happy side effect um, <laughs> for them. We're but, trying to get in the good games. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> where are you? Hit me up. Hit me up for my Twitter DMs. Um, what's the theme for today's show? Threw the pots out of position, and I have value both times. I just wasn't really sure what to do with my value. Okay. Like the well, rare, rare spot where that happens. Usually I have nothing. And the question is, what should I do? Yeah. It's much harder to figure out what to do when you have something than what you yeah. to do when you have nothing, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So let's dive in. First hand is you have queens in the small blind. Villain opens to $25, playing 510. Uh, you 3-bet to 110. Big blind folds and the villain calls 
Looks like you're starting the hand with about 150 bigs and villain has you covered the imposition player. And I assume they're a reg. Uh, so I'm going to three bet here. I think we could uh, probably shouldn't spend too much time talking about three bet sizing, but I think you go bigger than usual here, given that I'm deeper with the cutoff. Um, I guess one of the considerations is that there's still the live range of the big blind, which maybe disincentivizes me from changing my three bet size. Anyways, I go with the standard size, 11 big blinds, the cutoff calls. And we go to a flop. Jack, deuce, deuce, rainbow. Jack, deuce, deuce, rainbow. There's 230 in the pot. You've got 140 behind. Uh, I guess we'll start here. I assume you start off with a C-bet. Yeah, I think there's like a lot of things you can do, but uh, with your C-bet size or maybe even, uh, I don't know about checking, but like, yeah, you can do a lot of things with your C-bet size here. I start out with like a very standard, just one third, get called by the cutoff, which is not surprising. I expect them to call on Jack Deuce Deuce with a lot of stuff. Like, almost everything. Yeah, I don't think like ace high is folding. I don't think like, any two overs combos is folding. Anything with a backdoor flush draw, like be not folding. Uh, obviously, no pairs are folding to this size. And yeah, I mean, it's pretty nice. He probably never has a deuce. So um, feeling pretty good about my hand. Yeah, I think any two cards connected with the jack are probably not folding, like 9, 10. Yeah. Uh, maybe even like 10, 8 suited those hands. Maybe 6, yeah. 7, and 7, 8. Queen, fold. 10. Yeah. Um, Queen, 10, definitely not folding. So getting called pretty wide here. Turn is a seven of diamonds. You do have the queen of diamonds. Uh, board is now jack, deuce, deuce, seven with the seven deuce of diamonds. There's 379 mm-hmm. in the pot. So here I'm actually like the thought that's going through my hand, head is uh, kind of the flip side of the pocket tens discussion we've been having like on Tactical Tuesday the last couple of weeks where like here I'm thinking like, okay, I think there are a lot of just like kind of floats that the cutoff has once I bet that small size. And I think a lot of them are going to um, either have like picked up real equity on this diamond or, you know, didn't pick up any equity and still feels like the need to start bluffing here. If they just had like, you know, the nine ten or eight, nine, I guess those did pick up equity. Um, but even just like four or five of clubs or something like that, I think would likely just start betting here. So yeah, I, I thought this was a spot where like it, was more it would be more reasonable to check and expect uh like a stab or a bluff or even just like a value own from the cutoff yeah you're going to gain a lot of information through checking here i think that when villain checks back um they're going to have bluff catchers quite often which Mm. gives us a pretty pretty easy value bet on the river to execute Uh, i i think that like when villains polarize and go big uh i think they're going to have a bunch of natural bluffs in the range i think if they go small then you know there's ways to combat that uh, as Mm. far as like calling the turn and then you know maybe leading rivers or Mm -hmm. something along those lines so like basically i think that when you check you're gonna get a lot of information Mm. out of the in position villain uh the only downside to checking would be if you know they're not they, they have a very small bluff range or very small possible bluff range. Mm-hmm. In this case, I, I think you're right that they do have quite a chunky um, stab range that mm-hmm. has a bunch of low equity hands in it. And the downside of checking is like if they have a jack, you know, ace jack or something that, you know, you could go three streets and get value from. But I think that them having a lot of the uh, just a wide air region on the turn makes it to where preference would be to check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I go ahead and do. That's the exact logic that I had. And he checks back the turn. So 
we should start like thinking about what this means, right? As soon as he checks back. I think sure. this is um my gut feeling was that this is indicative of like some showdown bound hands. So like probably all the Jack X that's not like Ace Jack, maybe, maybe like King Jack could check back sometimes. But basically, like a lot of his Jack X, I think, is just gonna check back the turn. Um, I think a lot of hands like tens, eights, um, I don't know, a seven that made a pair, for example, um, mm-hmm. are gonna check back the turn. So that's sort of the range that I'm putting him on now once he does not stab. Yep, I'm with you. And you check back, there's a nine, which improves eight, ten, and uh, nines, two full houses. The final mm-hmm. board is Jack, Deuce, Deuce, seven, nine. No flesh available. Um, still 379 in the pot. Villain has, uh, John has 1330. He's the effective stack. So, yeah, given what we talked about on the turn, um, I think we have a couple of options on the river. Yeah. I, I think checking is probably not the ideal option. Oh, really? I thought that was one of the... So, like, I thought that Jack X portion of the range just bets the river a lot when I check. Yeah? That's a good point. But I think, like, tens and eights and sixes and fives <laughs> don't bet. Oh, for sure. Those Maybe even, like, a hand yeah. that floated the flop and like turn to seven, like some sort of seven, eight type hand. Nine, ten, um, eight, nine. Yeah. Oh, nine, I guess 10, those would bet the turn. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, the yeah. majority of them bet the turn, but I mean some, at some frequency they're going to check back, but I think True. majority. So like to me, their range would be full of bluff catchers. Yes. Um, as well as some like, uh, you know, semi strong value, like queen, Jack, King, Jack, yeah. Jack, possibly. Yeah. And so, like, the question is, do we bet and just target, like, the bluff catchers with, like, a catch-all size? Mm -hmm. Or do we check, let the top-end value bet, check-raise, and hope that, like, you know, that's higher EV than using the catch-all size? It's kind of hard, right? Because, like, to play the river for two bets, then you need them to call. Yeah, with a jack. With a jack. And I think that's tough. I mean, maybe they might, you know, they might, depending on their size, like whether they feel like they're inducing by like betting really small. Um, I, I just, I would be wary and most likely just go ahead and bet the river for value myself. Okay. Yeah, that was my, I guess that was my, my main question here was, was whether to go for the check raise on the river or to just value bet, value bet myself. I, I, I agree with you. I think the standard play is just use like the 50 to, 75 percent ish size somewhere in there and just hope to get bluff caught by every pair i mean i i think you know you could just you, you could polarize too and go like mm. 1.5 i think that's somewhat reasonable here like i think that the perception is that a lot of your over pairs are going to bet the turn so like when yeah, you go yeah, 1.5 yeah. and polarize you you put all of their pairs uh basically in the same bucket where yeah. they're just they're bluff catching against a very polar bet and right right mm. okay okay yeah i should have yeah i think if i had given the sizing more thought i probably would have just 1.5 the river i was mostly thinking about like trying to capture bluff catcher value and like thinking that like oh i'll just use like a normal size to make sure i get called by like the tens eights and like fives or whatever but those might i mean you know facing 1.5x it's like they have the same decision i think yeah i, I think like an interesting 
component <clears throat> of this hand is 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 it it's very difficult for you to ha not have the best hand at this Correct. decision point. Correct. So like it's it's very difficult, which to me means like you you, you know you can widen your value range some, mm -hmm. um, and just like put villains, yeah, like sixes, eights, tens. I mean, basically like if you overbet, then ace jack is effectively the same as right. fives. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And fives is the same. Like from the cutoff perspective, fives is the same facing seventy five percent as it is facing overbet. Like sure, it's just like I'm repping the same range of. Or in his mind, I'm probably repping like the same range. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in game I decided to check. I think now I'll just 1.5x just over bet the river. Um, I try to get a check raise and probably just check raise like based on sizing. For example, if you want like pot or like overbet or something like that, I probably would just call with queens. Um sure. uses this kind of catch-all size, this middle east size. Um, he bets 248 into 379. Um, I feel really good about check raising versus this size. I think this is going to be. I, I felt I was like really excited. I was like, wow, I don't know if tens would like bet this big. This is probably like just a lot of Jack X that is trying to get value from you know tens, nine X, eights, whatever. Like worse hands. Uh, so I rip it. Maybe too big. I don't know. I can't imagine going a different size though. I don't. I don't think you have a different size, but maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe you can click it. I, I think it's a spot where. I think it's a lot. It, it, it's somewhat difficult to find bluffs. I think your range probably doesn't have a ton of bluffs. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I, I think ripping is probably just fine too. Oh, yeah, that's it. Well, that's all, that's anyways, all my thoughts. I pick the jam size, <laughs> yeah. and the cutoff folds. But I think the hand that he folded is going to probably start a whole conversation on recalibrating. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. they they turned a flush draw and checked. It they out. turned a hand that I thought would like hundred percent stab the turn. Yeah. So what's interesting is I think that King Ten of Spades probably does stab the turn. Yeah. 100%. Oh, sorry, Villainite's King Ten of Diamonds. By the way, for the yeah, they turned a flush draw and checked yeah. it back. I mean, I, I I'm not as shocked that villain can actually turn like decent equity and choose not to bet. I think again, if, if they have like King Ten of Spades, they probably will bet the turn, mm -hmm. um, because that hand like it doesn't really matter if it gets check raise because it's not like it's having a ton of equity denied facing turn check raise. Mm -hmm. uh, but this hand where they actually do have equity, um, getting check raise is kind of a disaster. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it doesn't really change my thought on the turn i think the the biggest calibration would be that um when villains actually have a flush draw maybe they're less inclined to bet than if they don't turn a flush draw does this so make like, you want to like recalibrate your river thought process at all like does this make you want to check more or are you just like ah, eh, this is like such a small part of their range i'm just gonna still target their bluff catchers and 1.5x and like you know okay they have some yeah like so that's a big deal really if we think about it like we have the queen of diamonds yeah i mean so that reduces i guess like queen 10 of diamonds king queen of diamonds uh ace queen of ace diamonds, queen of diamonds yeah. um so they have like king 10 of diamonds um a bunch of like ace x of diamonds ace three ace, ace four ace five ace six yeah, yeah. ace eight ace nine ace ten and then king 10 of diamonds 
I don't know that they have enough diamonds to recalibrate. But maybe it's more than diamonds, right? Maybe it's like... Yeah, maybe. Maybe 8-9? Or no, not 8-9. Maybe, you know, something that doesn't make a pair also checks back. <laughs> it's really difficult to know. Yeah, yeah, we would right? never know. It's right. really hard to know. But I can't imagine that, like, if you're calling the flop with King-10 of diamonds, you're calling the flop with King-10 of spades. Yes. So, like, the plan is to call the flop, improve to equity, or just check and not invest any money in the pot. I, I just mm. can't imagine that being their strategy, right? Because mm. it just doesn't make sense. And it's not like, yeah. it, <laughs> I expect more out of this pool, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the, biggest, the biggest thing is how many combos of diamonds do they turn? What portion of the range is going to be busted diamonds on the river compared to like Jack X? Uh, I think King Jack and Ace Jack of Diamonds may check back on the turn too. Uh, those hands would also value bet the river um, and call a bet on the river. Um, yeah, so I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, so one of the things that I know about myself is that I just like regularly underestimate the frequency with which people check back draws in spots where I would expect them to stab. And so I saw this and I was just like, ah, oh, here I go again. Just like not not you know not calibrated correctly on like people's how people play draws but then i saw him show up to the river with air and bet the air on the river that he didn't stab on the turn and i was like hmm, maybe that just makes checking on the river like you know maybe that just makes checking on the river slightly better if they do have like lots of air that they stab along with their presumably stronger jack x and you know value and stuff like that um yeah i mean if they're not betting with like the hands that we mentioned before, Queen Ten of Spades, or I guess Queen Ten of Clubs, uh, King Ten of Spades, yeah. Ace Ten of Clubs, Ace Ten of Spades. Like if basically, if they're not betting with those hands on the turn, then I I think checking on the river has a lot more merit because the air region uh, is just is bigger. Yeah. Is it's just way bigger on the river? Yeah. So it really it, it boils down to like how often they're checking air on the turn, and yeah. I, I don't think this hand really gives us that information. Right. Right. Because this is a somewhat natural check back. Yep. 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 All right. Okay. So, so we didn't learn anything. We That's learned nothing. Fun. The end of, <laughs> end of hand number one, we learned absolutely nothing. Let's uh, go to the break. Maybe we'll learn something with hand number two. You survived pre flop boot camp. You've shot the fish in a barrel. Now, prepare yourself. For the feeding frenzy. A comprehensive strategy for gutting every fish in your player pool. Data-driven hero bluffs. Light call-downs. And perfect value bets. That are maximally designed to hurt some feelings. Feeding frenzy. Available now at ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Feeding Frenzy. Welcome back from the break. John, let's hope that the listener can learn something in this hand. I think it's... We'll try part, this. Then. <laughs> part, part of the reason why they listen to the show, I, I, I think. <laughs> All right, more three of the pots out of position. This time, I think it's this actually the same spot. Cutoff opens. I three bet the small blind with ace of clubs, king of clubs. All the same size as he opens to 25. I three bet to 110. He calls flop his ace, king, nine. 
with two diamonds. Really good floppy flop. Top two. Again, I think you can do a lot of different things on this flop. Um, I go ahead and do the same thing as last time. Start out with the third. Oh, no. Oh, Whoops. Start out with a half. Okay. Because <laughs> I have a better hand, right? Fish <laughs> scale linearly with the strength of their hand. Yeah. Well done. Well done. I think I'm just um, planning on going bet, bet, jam. Um, just looking at the sizing here. Yeah, I mean, that that would make sense. I, I'm not sure that I love the half pot on the flop. I think that range you're targeting is too narrow on this board. Um, yeah, and I especially think, when I have an ace and a king. Yeah, yeah. I, I would start out with a third. Yeah. <laughs> um, or check. I think either, either yeah, I think check would be... I think check is definitely an, an option here. Um, yeah. Anyways, go this size. Don't think it's the end of the world. Not yet, well, anyway. Ooh, do some diamonds. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably checking range here on the turn. I don't know what you think about that. That's this is this is kind of where like I'm. I think the question the well, I mean, uh, about the hand. with your sizing choice on the flop, I, I think you probably do need to check range. I, I think yeah. that villain maintains most all flush draws and will mostly never raise them facing the mm-hmm. flop half pot on ace king nine mm-hmm. so I, I just don't think that you really get to bet on the deuce of diamonds turn yep. uh, and i think you know for you know the good news is that like for protection they don't have a lot of offsuit combos of hands so it's hard for them to have like pair plus flush draw um right it's so, really hard for him for example to have like the naked king of diamonds in the spot because he doesn't call a three bet with like king queen off or Right, so, check off or king ten off or anything like that. Right, so the equity that they get to realize uh, if turn goes check check isn't like substantial. Yeah, and I it's agree. not not really a big deal. So that right. all leads me to like <clears throat> just checking on this card. Yeah, like they probably they might not even have like jacks with a diamond, right? Like that might just fold the flop facing half pot. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think you're right that there's like there's really no single diamond hands that I have to w- be worried about right now. Absolutely correct, correct. So I check. He checks back. Um. Okay, so I think this check back is like similar to I'm interpreting the cutoff check back similarly to the cutoff check back in the in the hand right before this, where I think it's gonna include a lot of showdown, a lot of ace x, a lot of king x. Um I don't know exactly what he does with gutters like Jack 10 or Queen Jack. Again, <laughs> just my inclination is that people just stab those hands on the turn, but we saw like in the last hand that you know I was wrong about King Ten of Diamonds not stabbing the turn, so I could be wrong there, but I, I would just still proceed as if queen jack and jack 10 stab the flop uh at a decent frequency or stab the turn at a decent frequency um well i mean queen queen jack queen 10 jack 10 they they have like more incentive to stab the turn on the flush completer right because they have less equity right like just getting check raise is not the end of the world for Mm -hmm. those hands Mm -hmm. um and then the last thing i was going to say was that i don't think it's it's like out of the question that the cutoff checks back a flush uh no definitely not yeah yeah, I think they they could check back. Actually, I don't know. I, I think it's. I mean, I guess they could and go for like two x river jam. Yeah. Uh, and give us an opportunity to put money in. Um, yeah. So I, I guess, what are you leaning towards on the river after turn checks through? Rivers a five. So I on think the board, range, by the way, is ace king nine deuce five three diamonds. I think their range is a lot of showdown. A lot of like a lot of bluff catchers, I should say. Um, a tiny amount of bluffs, like a tiny amount of just like air that didn't stab the turn, like the Jack Ten and Queen Jack. Like you said, they're they're highly incentivized to just bet the turn because they don't care about getting check raised. And then 
uh, small amount of traps, just flushes that for some reason decided not to bet the not to bet the turn. So mm-hmm. mostly bluff catchers, and then small region that's air and flushes. Mm-hmm. So um, leads you towards betting the river. Yeah, right? betting, and I I think this is a board where those bluff catchers might are are very unlikely to bet the river. For example, in the last hand, like. I thought the stronger Jack X would definitely be tempted to bet the river because there are worse hands that I can call with. I think once I half pot the flop here, like ace, you know, 10 suited might not bet the river. Ace queen. Um, yeah, ace queen might be like, you know, yeah, we're like, like, I'm not sure if ace queen bets the river, which is like, that's kind of exactly the point that I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to make. Yeah. Um, ace five is the only one that got promoted. Right on the river to, to two pair mm-hmm. that would obviously bet, but very small portion of the range. So given that that's the range I'm targeting, I just ripped it here. This is where, this is like where I really, yeah, I don't it. like the rip. Yeah. That's what I thought you were going to say. I think the rip is just too much. I just let them off the hook. You're just applying too much pressure on their bluff catchers Yeah, on a board where like, it's very conceivable that you have, sets and two pairs still in your range and they also have like flushes too yeah so like i i would i I think the disaster scenario is that you fold out bluff catchers and only get called by flushes which hang on to your hats (laughs) hang on to your hats okay so you 2x river jam and villain folds so no no flush no flush let's see what villain did have bluff catcher Ace four hearts. That's not good. No, no. I think it's somewhat expected, though. Maybe not to you when you're playing this hand, but (laughs) after discussing the hand and talking about it, maybe. Yeah, after looking at this hand, I'm like, what a dumb line. I just, I think that like villains range has folds. Like bluff catchers have natural folds on the river based on the sizing that they face. Yeah. And it's quite difficult for them to have like two pair. So you'd have gone a smaller size. I would, yeah. And so I'm I'm almost sure that like in game what I was thinking, I, I'm sure I considered the smaller size and then just thought to myself that I didn't want to make a two bet game on the river. And maybe this is a spot where you should shouldn't I shouldn't be as concerned about that. I mean so the problem about with with a two game thought is that if villains fold out bluff catchers to jam and call with flushes, yeah. that's a terrible situation. Yes. I would much rather at least bet 70, have more bluff, bluff catcher. catchers call. Yeah. And like and if they jam. jam, then if they jam, then you know, we burn that bridge when we get there. I think it's very hard for them to find natural bluffs as a jam. Right. So no, I think I think what you said right at the beginning was the most important thing is that like the two bet game only comes into play when they call the river with their bluff catchers. Right, right, right. But if they don't call the river jam with their bluff catchers, then like that's not even something that should be entering my like thought process. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. So yeah. Fill and folds and thank God he didn't have a flush. That's all I can say. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently this is just atrocious. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you guys learned something from this. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, try, gonna try to spin some positive light on it, but I, I don't know that I can. Um, Ace four, like 
Ace no, no, four. I brought this hand to be roasted. Yeah, a- Ace four is effectively like Ace Jack and Ace Queen and Ace ten. Yeah, facing, it's all the same. Facing two X jam, it's all the same. Yeah. So, yeah, not great when villain. Kind of the same as like Ace nine or Ace five even. Yeah. I mean, you're saying that you have a hand that's better than two pair when you jam. I, I yeah. can't imagine them thinking you're just jamming with like Ace Queen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, nice hand, Jonathan. Maybe next time. I feel like it. (laughs) Won the pot, but don't feel good. (laughs) Well, better to win the pot and not feel good than lose the pot and feel even worse. So that'll do it for this episode of Tactical Tuesday. Thank you for listening. We will do something, something next week. See you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.